0: Hello, friends, it is good to be together. I want to start off today by saying my name is not Ron Castens, okay? We're gonna have to clear this up for just a moment. I know for many of you, you don't know Ron Castens, So I put a picture of this guy up here on the screen. He's going around parading like he's me. A couple of weeks ago, uh, I got my glasses. A few weeks ago, I got my glasses. Um, and, and apparently, lots of people are confusing us for each other. And that's fine. Ron's a good looking guy. I am totally Totally fine with people confusing me and Ron. But here's the thing, here's the thing. Um, uh, if, if you've been with us for a few weeks, you might remember the week before, the Sunday before Easter, Maddie Maneer and I gave a presentation to kind of get our hearts ready for Easter. And we worked hard on that thing. And, and what I found out was a, a couple of weeks later, one of the, somebody on staff said, someone in the church had come up to them and said, didn't Ron do such a great job the Sunday before Easter? And so like, it's fine if you want to confuse us for each other, but when he starts getting credit for my work, a line must be drawn. And so that, that's all, you know, Ron's here. So if you want to do like a in-life comparison after church, we'll both be up front. You can get a good look at both of us. Um, no, I'm just, I'm just kidding. It's, it's, it's great. Um, if you like the sermon today, tell everybody what a great job John did. If you don't like it, tell him Ron needs to work on his preaching and we'll be all good. Um, we are, th- this is an interruption day. We've been doing a few of these throughout the year. Uh, and today is interruption day number two. And here's, here's what's going on with these interruption days is we want to stop our normally scheduled programming and remind us of a couple of things that are going on. The first thing kind of has to do with who we want to be as a church. And that's not just a temporary thing, that's like always who we want to be as a church. We call it our, our DNA. And, and the second thing is this is a, a year long focus that we have on prayer. So let me talk a little bit about these two things because we're gonna bring them together today to remind ourselves of who we want to be and what we want to be doing as a church and as a people. The first thing is this idea of the DNA of FCC. It's, it's these four virtues, these maybe these four values, these four emphases. It's, it's four things that we as a church, we want to be doing. We, we want people to identify us as a church that does these four things. Uh, love God, love everyone, make disciples tell our story. The first two, come from a command that Jesus uh, talked to his disciples about, the, the great command. And it was this idea of love God. And to do that, you love everyone. And so we wanna love every God by worshiping regularly and we wanna love everyone by serving. And then the second two, the idea of making disciples and telling our story. This comes from another part of the Bible where Jesus was talking to the disciples in some of his last days here with them and he, and, and he gave them what we call the great commission. So you have the great command and the great commission. And two of the things that Jesus told him to do in that great commission was, I want you to go into the world and make disciples. Help people, in essence, follow me. Make disciples. And lastly, we want to tell our stories because after that, the disciples were sent out to tell what they had witnessed and what they had experienced. And so we want to be people who live like what we say is we want to live like missionaries. We want to be people who tell others the work that we have seen God do in our lives. So when we have one of these interruption days, what we're going to do is we're going to focus on one of the elements of our DNA. And today, what we're going to focus on is this idea of loving everyone. Now, this is a big challenge, but we wanna take this idea very seriously. I mean, when Jesus as one of his final things he says to his disciples is, you know what, the way people are gonna know that you're my disciples is how you love each other. The degree to which people will associate you with Jesus is the degree to which you are willing to love. That's, well, that's a big deal, right? And so we want to be committed to it as people, but, but what it means is, is, is hard, it's challenging. It means that I have got to want good things, blessing for everyone in my life. And while that's easy for lots of people in my life, I have to admit that there are some people in my life that I want the exact opposite for. Like, I'm just being honest here. Like sometimes when it's something difficult happens for them, I give a little clap and I'm like, that's what you get, right? Like, like for example, Confession time. This happens to me in traffic all the time, right? Right? So you're following along at what's perfect following distance, right? You're following the two second rule. You're leaving that space, right? And then dude comes flying up past you and gets right over in front of you in between you and the car. You are following at perfect following distance, ruining your following distance, right? And then when that happens to me, I think things, Right? <laughs> things I can't say from the stage in church because this loving everyone thing is hard. I come here and we're like, yeah, at FCC, we love everyone. And I'm like, I don't know, maybe. But then I remember that God loved me, right? God loved even me, a sinner, and I'm challenged. So that's the first thing that we're gonna, we're gonna be uh, stirring in this morning is this idea of loving Everyone. Uh, the second thing is we are in the midst of a year-long emphasis on prayer. Uh, the very first sermon series of the year here, Ethan did this awesome series and, and Megan did one of the sermons. It was, it was great stuff. It, the series was called You Are Here, pray like this. If you haven't had a chance to check that out, then I encourage you to go to our website or go to our YouTube channel and look that up Uh, because it told uh, what we're doing this year of prayer and it told why we're doing it. But what's great about it is it gives us all of these practical ways to build prayer into our lives. And, And that is something that we want to do together. Um, In addition to this emphasis on prayer and these interruption days, another thing that we're doing uh, to remind us of this is we're having these nights of worship and prayer. And tonight is night of worship and prayer number two. So I encourage you, come back at 6.30 tonight. We're gonna have the band up here. We're gonna sing a bunch of songs. We're gonna pray together and we're gonna learn some really practical things about prayer. In that first series that Ethan did, he talked about how common it is for us to get stuck in our prayer life. And and even those of us who have been doing this thing called faith for a long time, we get stuck. Years can go by without us advancing or growing stronger in prayer. It is super, super common. You would think it would be natural, right? We believe in God and we believe that God wants to have a relationship with us and we know how to get better at stuff, you're probably getting better at something right now, right? Like you're exercising or you're getting better at home projects or maybe you're learning a musical instrument or maybe you're getting better at golf. I don't know. You know what it means to get better at stuff and prayer should be natural, but yet so often we get stuck and we need guidance and we need reminders and we need practical ways to put it into our lives. And so that's what we're doing. So today, We're interrupting our normally scheduled program and we're combining these ideas. The idea of loving everyone because that's who we wanna be as First Christian Church and the idea of growing in our prayer lives. And the way that we are going to pull these two things together is through this idea of this thing called intercessory prayer. And I know for a lot of you, if you've been in church a long time, you know that word, you know what that means, but there's a lot of us who may not understand that idea of intercessory prayer. Uh, We know what a procession is. It's about people who go before. And we know what succession is. It's about people who go after. Intercessory is when you go in between, okay? It's this idea of going in between. So in prayer, it kind of looks like this. I'm just gonna do a little example for us, okay? I'm gonna, I'm actually gonna need somebody to talk to me just a little bit. So how about Mark? Could you talk to me for just, no, you can you stay right there. You don't have to get up. I'm not gonna embarrass you too much. But like, do you have a favorite snack or you know, what is it? L- little Debbie's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my daughter and I just got in a fight this week about what nutty bars are called. I kept wanting to call them nutty buddies. Are they nutty buddies or nutty bars? Or are they both? I don't know. But little Debbie's are awesome. Okay, so little Debbie's. Mark, little Debbie, I know this is a need of yours, okay? So I'm gonna go between you and one of our other friends. It's really hard to see the balcony. I can't really see faces, but I'm pretty sure at the beginning of the service, I saw Larry and Kathy Calhoun come in. So I'm gonna pray up here or I'm gonna intercede up here with Kathy, okay? I think I see you over here, maybe the outline of your face. So Kathy, in your infinite kindness, could you hook my boy up with a nutty bar? Oh, wait, what was that? I thought she said yes, but then nothing. Sorry, Mark, it's not gonna happen. But in essence, if you don't know what intercessory is, intercessory prayer, that's what it is. We go on behalf of someone else before God. We go to God in between someone else and God. We advocate for them to God on behalf of someone else. Now, as we get into this and we kind of learn why we do this sort of thing as Christian people, as faithful people. We could have looked at a bunch of different intercessory prayers in the Bible. Uh, the Bible is full of these, these times that people go before God to pray for someone else, to advocate for someone else. But we're going to do something a little bit different here. We're going to go to the most famous of prayers, uh, the Lord's Prayer. If you've been with us throughout this year, then you've heard this lots already. And we want to keep, uh, keep mentioning it and bringing it up. It's the model prayer that Jesus gave us. If you, if you, didn't, uh, if you didn't go to church growing up, you've probably heard Heard of the Lord's Prayer, maybe in movies. Uh, if you played middle school football, I remember this. I played middle school football, and I remember my first practice going out there, and we beat each other up and we yelled at each other for like two hours. And then at the end, we all got on one knee and we prayed for each other. We prayed the Lord's Prayer. And I was like, this is interesting, right? But, you know, I thought, well, after beating each other up and all the yelling and cussing and locker room antics, we probably need to pray, right? And so we mumbled through this Lord's Prayer, and that's kind of how I started learning it and being able to say it. Um, but we want to slow down. We don't want to mumble through it. We don't want to speed through it. We want to focus on each little element of this prayer together because it teaches us something. Something about loving everyone and something about praying to God. Uh, so where we're going to go is to Matthew chapter 6. So if you have a Bible, there's, they're in the, uh, at the, below a lot of the seats, so maybe you can grab one of those, or you can pull up the app on your phone and just open up your Bible app, and you're going to go to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew, one of these, uh, one of these stories about Jesus' life and his death and his resurrection. Matthew chapter 6. 6, we we'll to start at verse 9. This is so relatable what happens in this story. Um, the disciples actually pulled Jesus aside. And, and I love the fact that they included this in the scriptures because it makes me not feel so stupid. They walked with him all the time and they were still a little confused about this thing called prayer. And so they pulled Jesus aside and they say, Lord, will you teach us to pray? And Jesus teaches them a few things and then he gives them a uh, model prayer. So we're gonna read this together. Matthew chapter six, starting at verse nine. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. On earth as it is in heaven, our Father, your kingdom come, your will be done. This is interesting because when we go to God, it is so often the case that when we go to God, We start with me, we start with me and that's natural. We have something going on in our lives. We have a need, we have a desire. Uh, We have a reason that we want to go to God in prayer. In fact, the scriptures even tell us, cast all your cares upon God for God cares for you. But the first thing that happens in this model prayer Is Jesus gives us a line that turns our attention from me to God. Notice what it says. It says, Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done. The my will becomes your will. Or if you know the older version of this prayer, the my will becomes thy will. This prayer doesn't start with, Dear God, here's a list of things that I need you to take care of for me. It starts with, Dear God, make what you want to happen happen. And when we do that, all starts, sorts of interesting things start to happen. Right out of the gate, God shifts our eyes from me up to God. And I got to admit, That's probably a better approach to things, right? My way has me arrested for wrecking that guy on the interstate, right? Who who pulled off in front of me. So maybe my way isn't the best way. Maybe it's good for me. Maybe it's good for me to go to God, to lift my eyes to the creator and the sustainer of life. The one who I think wrote the story that we call creation and life and order and peace and beauty and truth and say to that one, you know what? How about we do it your way? And like I said, when we do that, interesting things start to happen. So let's go on together again, back to Matthew chapter six. The next line is, give us today our daily bread. Remember, interesting things happen when we start praying for God's way. Uh, This is an interesting line. The bread's not interesting. I like bread, bread's great. The daily is not that interesting. I like to eat every day. That's all good. It's the us. This is not give me my daily bread. It's give us. So after my eyes are pointed up toward God, God points my eyes around, around to us. Now I'm my brother's keeper. Now this prayer is starting to become intercessory. So often when we go to God for God's blessing, God opens our eyes to others' needs. That great command that I called your attention to a little bit ago, that idea of when somebody went to God and said, what's the greatest command? And God said, uh, and then Jesus said, love God and, and love others. The way that Jesus illustrated the point, the way you love God by loving others is Jesus tells a story He tells a story about a man who was beaten. And then two people walked by who supposedly knew a lot about faith and they did nothing. But then one who supposedly didn't know that much about faith took the beaten man to a healer. You might even say he interceded, he went between. He took this broken man to the one who could heal him. And Jesus said, that's what it looks like. He says, when you wanna know about loving God, you gotta learn about loving everyone. So often when we go to God wanting to know about God, God points us to others' need. And this is what's happening in the Lord's prayer itself. It is saying, give us. We go from me to looking up to God. And now we're looking around to us. And you know what? I'm good with that. I'm good with my will instead of thy will. God's way is probably better than my way. And I'm, and I'm good with, with maybe even kind of switching from me to us because I like us. I like my family, I like my people, I like my church. I can do that. I can, I can incorporate that into my life and into my prayer life. But remember what I said, when we go to God and we want God's way, interesting things start to happen. And so let's read on. Again, Matthew chapter six, verse 12. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Okay, I'm fine with the whole my will versus thy will. And I'm fine with the whole us instead of me. But this, now here in the middle of this model prayer, I am told to start thinking about how I forgive others. In the middle of this model prayer, I'm supposed to connect my getting forgiveness with my ability to give forgiveness. Now we're not just talking about me and God and us. Now we're talking about them. (laughs) Those people who are indebted to me some way or another, relationally or otherwise, God wants me to pray also about them. I confess to you, I find some things Jesus says annoying because <laughs> they're hard. They're challenging. Forgive me my debts just like I have forgiven my debtors from me up to God, out and around to us, and then out to them. Oftentimes, I don't want to go to God on behalf of them. I want to go to them on behalf of God, right? And tell them to get their act together. But it turns out this is not some weird fringe teaching of our faith. In fact, it is the very center of our faith. It is the distinction of our faith, this God who looked down upon us, who had rejected him, those of us that we call sinners, you and me, and he had love for even us, those who had rejected him, and he left his throne to become a sacrifice, to create a way for all of us back to him, a God who loves Everyone, even those who had rejected him. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I wanna go through a few things with you. I'm just gonna read through some scriptures and I want you to look at them and I want you to let them just kind of absorb as we talk about this idea of loving everyone in prayer. Uh, First John chapter four, verses seven through 11. Dear friends, let us love one another for love comes from God. And so this idea of being devoted to God means being devoted to each other. You might look at that verse and say, well, that's saying friends, right? That's more of an us thing. But then you keep reading the Bible and things like this pop up. Matthew chapter five, starting at verse 43. You've heard that it was said love your neighbor and hate your enemy, but I tell you, Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. That you may be children of your father in heaven. He causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good and sends the rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? Tax collectors was kind of like this new category of sinners, like the worst of the worst in that day. It says even they, they love the us's. You got to love the them because we have a God who causes the sun and the rain to to fall on the garden of everyone. So you must bless everyone. And then I want to draw your attention to one more. Matthew chapter 5, verses 23 and 24. If you are offering your gift at the altar, this is Jesus teaching about worship. And there, remember that your brother or sister has something against you. Leave your gift there in front of the altar. First, go and be reconciled to them. Then come and offer your gift. Jesus teaches that healing the broken places that we have with each other, the us's and the them's, is actually a prerequisite for proper worship. See how we're getting back around to this idea of prayer and loving everyone. It's as if Jesus is teaching me that I don't get to decide who gets God's goodness. I don't get to go to God wanting blessing for myself while neglecting to want it for others. So as it turns out, loving everyone is not just a nice accessory to our prayers that maybe we should remember sometime to pray for others. It turns out it's an essential piece of both our faith and how we pray. If we're going to love like God, we have to grow in our ability to love everyone. And if we're going to pray like Jesus, then we're going to have to pray for God everyone. I want you to catch a couple of things. The first idea is this. When you pray to a God who loves everyone, your heart will be directed to love everyone. And if we're going to let God take us to this place, to push us forward into this place, then we have to work on this next idea, and it is this. Loving everyone means praying for everyone seems like a crazy big challenge, you know? This idea of moving from ourselves to looking to God, to looking around to us, to even praying for them, to love everyone by praying for them. But the solution is so simple and we've already talked about it. It's building that intercessory prayer into your lives. So what I wanna do before we go is I wanna give you two tools Two tools that you can incorporate into your rhythm of prayer this afternoon or tomorrow, and you can begin to build intercessory prayer into your life and grow closer to the direction that God is pushing us all. Uh, So let's talk about the first one. This is more of a scheduled kind of thing. If you're a hands-on person, uh, maybe you already uh, journal in your prayer life. Uh, If you don't, you may really like it, especially if you like to do something uh, with your hands. Uh, Just head out to Target after church, grab a journal, and then start tomorrow the same time every day, uh, writing your prayers in it. But I wanna give you a specific thing you can do. And if you wanna follow along with me, there's some pieces of paper in the, in the chairs in front of you or maybe around you. And you can actually do this right now with me. But this is what we can do if we are journaling type people. It's a way for us to remember that we can pray for everyone. What you're gonna do is you're gonna create three columns. Me, us, them, <laughs> And you're just going to start here because that's natural. We go to God when we have things on our hearts and on our minds. If you want to write First Peter 5, starting at verse 7, it says, Cast all your anxieties on God, for God cares for you. And so you can just list in that column what's going on with you. Do you have a worry? Maybe it's something with a job or health or budget or your own spiritual growth and you can just list that out there. Then you move over a column to the us. Romans 12, 10 through 12 reads, be devoted to one another in love, honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor. Serving the Lord, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction and faithful in prayer. Prayer is a way for us to be devoted to one another. So in this us column, you can list your friends, you can list your church, you can list your spouse. If you have kids, you can can list your kids. And let me tell you, if you wanna love your kids, pray for them. You know, maybe you're going through a time where you and your daughter have a little tension. Well, the first thing that I would suggest you do to start working on that is start writing her name in this column every day. Maybe you have a son that y'all don't see eye to eye. You don't know how to get it right. If you want to love them, what I would suggest you do is pray for them. Write his name in this column and do it faithfully. Love them by praying for them. And then we get to the them. I've already mentioned these scriptures. I read several of them. Um, But now we put it into practice. Maybe there's work troubles with someone. Maybe there's some tension with a friend or maybe things are happening at a grander scale for you. Maybe it's in the social environment of our day or the political environment of our day. And there's people that you just got some beef with. You're gonna write their name in that column. A few years ago, Ethan had suggested that if you've got one of these people, you don't know them, they're kind of on the grand scale of politics or something, uh, write their name and just start praying for their lunch, right? If you don't know what to pray for, just pray for their lunch. And he said, we have people in our church doing that and it's actually helped. They're starting to not dislike that person quite so much. Maybe you need to graduate from just praying for their lunch to maybe starting to pray for their family. But it's something we are called to do as we want to move forward and move closer to the direction that God is calling us so that's the first thing, more of a scheduled thing. Let me give you a second tool that you can do. And I'm going to call this second tool in the moment prayer. It's more of a spontaneous thing. So this one is for those of you who are adventurous, okay? Because it takes a little bit of guts to actually pull this one off. And it's, it's this. When someone tells you something going on with them that's hard, and it doesn't matter where you are, you could be at work or you could be here at church or you could be over in Founders Park or you could be at you know, Walmart or whatever. You stop and say, hey, would you mind if I just prayed for you right now? I know it takes a little bit of guts, right? And it's it's gonna cause us to have to break some habits, right? Because if you're anything like me, uh, you kind of have this habit of saying to people when they tell you something hard, I'll be praying for you and then you walk off, right? Or, Or you say, yeah, I'll be thinking about you and then you walk off. And I've been made a liar many times because I have forgotten. This is a work in progress me, but I'm trying it. Just this past week, I had two opportunities. One of them nailed it. And it was an awesome experience that we got to have together. Second one, totally chickened out. I was talking to Ethan on the phone this week. He's uh, had to be out of town. And he said, guess what? This happened to me this week. I struck a conversation with a guy uh, and the guy told me that something was hard was going on with his mom. And so I just said, hey, can I pray for you? And the guy said, well, I'm not very spiritual, but my mom is. So yeah, she'd probably like that and they ended up getting to have this great conversation about faith. Look around, there's hundreds of us that go to this church. Imagine if our community was just inundated with people doing this, just lifting up prayers for people, no matter who they are, whether they're one of your us's or one of your them's, we're just gonna start praying for people. Here's the thing, The people that I have talked to who are trying this, and I know you may know exceptions, but the people that I know who are trying this, they're batting 100%. If they offer to pray for someone, the answer has every single time been yes. And you may know exceptions, but the people I've talked to have talked to people who are always open. So because it's gonna take us maybe breaking some habits, we're gonna practice it together right now. Here's what you say. Ready? You're gonna repeat after me. Would you mind... If I just, if I just, pray for you right now. You did it. We can do this. And as we do, so much happens. We do one, either one of these two tools. We, we start to grow further in our spiritual lives. We start to serve the people in our midst And we can open the door for spiritual, faithful conversations that we would have never had otherwise. Remember, when you go to God in prayer, interesting things happen. God turns your attention from you to God, around to us, and out to even them. And if we want to love everyone, then we are going to be a people who prays for everyone. So I'll start. Would you mind if I prayed for you right now? (laughs) Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for the challenge of your word. Because though it is hard, we know it is right. And so take us further. Teach us how to pray. Teach us how to love everyone. It's in Jesus' name that I pray.